Greetings, you've landed at the VUC, IP Communications and VoIP Community. We would like to thank Simwood.com for their support. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our hosted PBX is from OnSIP.com, and you can go to GetOnSIP.com for a URL people can click to call you. We've been privileged over the last five years to be using the best conference bridge on the planet. Yes, I'm talking about ZipDX.com, full-color, full-featured, full-HD conference bridge. Our website, VUC.me on the web, is hosted by Bluehost.com. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Okay, very cool. Uh, this is VUC 549, and as soon as my switching software works, you'll see. Not that that's any thrill. There we go. Hey, hi, Randy. How are you? Uh, so we're going to be talking Astrocon, as always, and uh, we have a great, or some would say motley crew, if it wasn't for Allison, pepping it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to go to Allison first, and then we're going to talk to the guys from Vigium, and we're going to get geekier as we go along, probably. So let's start with the slightly less geeky Allison Smith. Allison, good to see you. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> I think I started the crazy hat day trend. I believe you did, and you're all uh, obliged. So that's the way that works. You know, I was mentioning to you that this trend of TV shows with androids and uh, robots yeah. and stuff, um, I think there's there's something for you there. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, any day now you will get that call from someone who wants that because you'd be perfect for that. Yes. I, you know, I hope so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would be really up my alley. Yeah. Could you practice by saying, I can't do that, Dave, one time? I can't do that, Dave. It was almost... <laughs> It was almost it. Let's just do three more takes. No, remember, you made an extreme, you know, Oh, that was perfect. Could we do just one more? Do you know what's weird is uh, I'm asked more and more to do parodies of telephone voices in radio commercials. So uh, there was a bank commercial that I did where I had to be an annoying telephone voice that said, you know, you've selected two. Are you sure you want two? Please press three if you're sure you want to. You stuff like that. So I'm I'm proud and happy to uh, make a lampoon out of what I you know what I do for a living. And before we forget, uh, you have had over the years a couple of different URLs. We need to get the right one. What is your URL where people actually can do a deep dive into your universe? Absolutely. So it is www.ibrvoice.com. IVRvoice.com, it is. IVRvoice. Not their voice. That will lead you to a, an anti-vivisection website. You don't want to go there. Ooh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that out when I picked the domain. So. On Twitter, you are VoiceGal. At VoiceGal, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, no, things are incredible, and I'm very, very excited about Astrocon uh, in lovely Orlando, Florida. So it should be good. It's very close. Well, not very close, but close enough to Kennedy Space Center, where I do a lot of voiceover work. So they've invited me down. They said I will not pay for a thing, which is kind of fun. So I do their whole telephone network and on-hold systems, which they seem to change practically every you know two or three weeks. So yeah, it'll be a fun time. Everyone else looking forward to Astrocon? Woo! Lots of thumbs up in the gallery uh, there. Allison, what else is happening with you? Because we're going to get into the geeky stuff of Astrocon, of course. You're looking yes. forward to it. Unfortunately, I can't make it. 
which, which oh, is no. cool. Andy. As, as you and I are the king and queen, basically. The so, king. Okay. Wait till Mark Spencer finds out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Uh, no, I, I, I love, uh, it's right, I haven't seen Mark in, in ages since the last time, which is about two years ago. Do you know, the funny story about Mark is uh, I, I formed a new friendship with this woman and friended her on Facebook, and so she was looking through my photos, and she said, uh, oh, your husband is so attractive. And I said, yep, yep, he sure is. And she she said, oh, he's so swarthy and exotic looking. I'm going, whoa, hold the phone. He's a white German guy. And <laughs> turns out uh, I have more photos of me hugging Mark Spencer than I do my own husband. So she thought I was married to Mark. So, yeah. yeah. Google's, uh, Google and Facebook's uh, face recognition algorithms are going to play hell on all of that, too. Yes, they certainly will. <laughs> what else is happening with you besides Astrocon? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, in the last few months, I have been approached by three different entities to do text-to-speech engines. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. Uh, the first one with iSpeech has been in development for a long time, and it seems to be kind of just you know, stuck in molasses, so hopefully that will uh, progress. And uh, there is uh, another one possibly through Mozilla, of all people. Uh, they have a sort of a text-to-speech utility which will identify words and they want it all revoiced, so that could be quite a cool thing to do. And the third one I can't actually talk a lot about, but it is actually originating within the asterisk community. There's a couple of guys uh, within the community who uh, we're discussing the idea of doing a, a similar text-to-speech engine. So uh, pretty soon, will be, you know, my voice pretty much saturating the market as if it isn't already. You know, I have a question for you. There's a thing called vocal ID. Have you ever heard of this? By any chance? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know too much about it, but uh, it's yeah. vocal. I only mention it in passing because it's a personalized voice thing, and that's new, and they try to drag people like me into crowdsourcing three uh, 1,000 lines of text or something, so I kind of gave that up. But I, I always find these things interesting. Get roped into them, and then, you know, like six months later, you get an email, where, where, have, you, where have you been? And you don't remember what it is, right? Right. <laughs> but, uh, in passing, so it, it seems to be at vocalid, V-O-C-I-L-I-D dot C-O. Okay. Uh, personalized voices, but I think they have something to do with, unless I'm looking at the wrong thing, Unless I'm thinking the wrong thing, I thought that this had something to do with with uh, handicapped people, people who had no voice. But. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, which which is actually a line that uh, Kevstrel gets into. They apparently offered Stephen Hawking a brand new voice, but he uh, uh, passed on that because his previous voice was so much a part of his identity that he just said, you know, no, thank you. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yes. Parodied on a TV show called Son of the Beach. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I crickets. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what else? Look it up, folks. Son of the Beat. Yes. Uh, another thing that uh, recently happened is I spoke at the On Hold Messaging Association in New Orleans in May, and that was an incredibly fun little tiny mini conference. But it was, um, I you know, unbeknownst to me, it was attended by people who are pretty much pioneers and on hold. There was like a couple of founding members of Muzak, which was extremely exciting. So um, I'm going to be doing that presentation that I did there at Astrocon, because I know a lot of the uh, Astrocon developers and implementers play around with on hold systems and implement those for their clients. So I, I have a lot of 
terrible, terrible cliches in the on-hold um, sphere that I would like to see eliminated, you know, uh, telling people that their time is precious and that they're, uh, you know, we understand you're busy. No, you don't because I'm on hold for you know, this amount of time. Exactly. Yeah, if you really understood that I was busy, you'd take my number and call me back. Absolutely. <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, many, many other things. The thing that really gets on my nerves that they make me voice all the time is, did you know, like on hold paragraphs start with the phrase, did you know that we're the biggest manufacturer of widgets, blah, 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 and I, I want to see that kind of eliminated. So pretty much everything I said kind of landed with them, which was great. My very favorite thing is when you call for help and you got the number from the website and they say, you can find more information by going to our website at www.gibbiscaddy. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, by the time someone calls a company, they have already um, been to the website. So it's yeah, kind of, oh my gosh, is that a David Duffet right there? He has shown up. He has shown up. In the game. Allison, I, I want to mention one more thing, Allison, because I am um, very, very much more invested in uh, Google Plus than I am on Facebook. And I've seen that you've been posting more, and I try to repeat your posts and you know underline them and post them and all that. But people should be following you. If, you're, if you are on Google Plus, Absolutely. follow Allison, because then you can be apprised of her whereabouts, not exact whereabouts, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, but also her blog posts and stuff like that. And you're, you're doing really good work, Alice. I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time. And long time. I tend to compliment you regardless. But the fact is that you're, you're, uh, being, you have uh, been posting uh, interesting articles and stuff that I do. I wouldn't repeat it if I didn't think it was worth reading. So you know, you're fantastic. And you know, believe it or not, my husband and I just had this debate because we have uh, some mutual friends who do voiceover. But when they post on social media, they're like, posting things about jobs that they just got and how fabulous they are and how much money they're going to get. And I, I never, ever do that. I will always post stuff um, that hopefully is content that's interesting to other people and that um, contributes to the industry. And uh, I hope I never turn into one of these people that uh, just brags about achievements because um, I just, you know, I, I don't think that's useful for the community to have more of the uh, collaborate going on. I, I think that value added is the key term that people use and it's true. I mean, uh, yeah. the articles you post are interesting and they're helpful and that's important. It isn't just, well, I did this and I did that. We love to talk about that stuff, but it isn't yeah. useful to post it on social media. Well, that's uh, high praise indeed you can do because you've always been a contributor to the community. And uh, so thank you for that. Sure. That's the way we roll, Allison. Hey, yeah. I want to, <laughs> you're obviously welcome to stay. Uh, of course. Yeah, for probably uh, another 15 or so minutes. Okay. I want to thank you anyway. Let's talk to David. Yay. Yeah, we, we need to turn it over to David because there seems to be quite the rogues gallery. You even see a Tim Panton with his top hat on. You uh, bet. Plenty of us are here, and uh, we need to talk a little bit. Let's let David run the show, and he will turn it over to the various uh, panelists. So, David, let's see if we can hear you, by the way. I'm not even sure. Okay. Let's see. Uh, am I... Uh, live? You are, sir. You are, you're alive and you're live. Excellent. That's good news. Well, uh, thank you very much, Alison. What a lovely lady that Alison is. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also want to say a very special thank you to James Bodie for tipping me the wink via text and a single ring when there was a space on the Hangout for me to join. So I appreciate that. 
That's uh, that's very nice. So, Alison, before we uh, talk to some of the other folks, since you have the hot seat, um, did you already say what you're going to be speaking about at Astracon? Yes, uh, I've already mentioned that I'm going to be speaking about uh, on-hold systems and way that we can, um, you know, eliminate a lot of the cliches. And it seems to be an industry, unfortunately, that is rife with cliches. So I know that on-hold systems is a big part of what the Asterisk guys do when they interact directly with customers. So hopefully that can be um, an interesting little uh, presentation with examples of stuff that I hate and stuff that I uh, am seeing more and more that is being done fantastically. Because truthfully, yeah, the online yeah, yeah. can be such a useful selling tool and informative tool that people just do not use. Very much so. Very much so. I was listening to some on-hold stuff only the other day, and it was packed with cliches like sardines in a can. Frankly, I try and avoid them like the plague, really. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. So hopefully, well, nice the other thing to say about an Alison talk is that regardless of the content, Alison draws a huge crowd anyway for being Alison. <laughs> And we always get a, a nice collection of people running towards the Allison room, Astricon. <laughs> yes, I've had people say they hate being booked, you know, uh, alongside me or in another conference room at the same time. But you, I, do I, not, you do not want to be in a parallel track where Allison is speaking at the same time. Period. Uh, Ever. That, that, that's right. Nobody wants to compete with Allison on a head-to-head -head talk or a bare-knuckle fight. You <laughs> hey, that was my, my former life, Dave. Yes. Okay, well, that, that, that's great. Thank you very, very much, Alison. We, we appreciate you. I notice uh, that we've got Ben Clang on the left-hand side there. And Ben, I wonder if you could unmute and talk a little bit about what you might be able to uh, talk about at Astracon this year. Absolutely. Happy to. So, you know, it seems rather appropriate we're all sitting here in a Google Hangouts, which is using WebRTC, that I will talk about WebRTC. So uh, WebRTC has been a big fascination of mine over the last couple of years, and I've, I've talked in, in the last two years more about how I would see it being applied, the kind of things you would use to create, use it to create. Um, this year I'm going to take a little bit different of an approach. It'll be a, both, start with probably an overview of what WebRTC is and, and, and how it works, um, and of course how it works with Asterisk. But I'll also talk about some of the things we've seen go wrong and how to address it. So there have been some pretty interesting cases recently we've had where um, people would call us in to help troubleshoot some kind of WebRTC application, and the things that were actually wrong had nothing to do with protocols, had nothing to do with, um, you know, signaling or codecs or anything. It was, it was uh, well, I don't want to give too much away, but there were some, some interesting things that failed, like, you know, maybe microphones coming unplugged. Um, so it's sort of a checklist of, of things we've come across and, and uh, how you can address them in your own applications. Uh, so it'll be all about WebRTC. Sound, sounds good, Ben. Now, one of the things your talks are known for is the occasional dangerous demo. Will you have any in that session, or will you be confining them to the, the new cordoned-off area for dangerous demos hosted by our Mr. Bodie? Well, I, I think the plans for that are, are still in the works, but it uh, sounds like I may be in retirement for the dangerous demos, which is probably safer for everybody. <laughs> Particularly me, I think, as I was target last year. <laughs> yes, we're... Anyway, we'll, do you want, uh, to talk about we'll you want to talk about dangerous demos very quickly? Probably not. Go on, then, since you go now have the screen. Go well, ahead. for those 
who haven't seen it before, we're going to be doing another round of Dangerous Demos. Dangerous Demos are three-minute slots of total adrenaline-packed fear, excitement, um, energy, and all kinds of other bits and pieces flying around the place, um, um, where people show something clever, entertaining, um, or just plain dangerous of. Um, and then we have various prizes, one that I give for the, uh, the overall best, most entertaining one. Then we have another prize, which is um, uh, awarded by the audience using an extremely experimental and dangerous voting system, which has to morph each time because people have a horrible habit of hacking into it, it's as we found out at Camellia World. Um, and then there is the favourite um, category, which is for the most ridiculously risky live demo, or in other words, the one that crashes and burns with the most style. Um, and that takes away a bit of the, the bitterness of actually crashing and burning big time. And uh, as usual, there can be a couple of extra special super duper prizes thrown in there as well. Um, so hopefully nobody who puts in an entry will go away empty-handed. So that's now, Dangerous Demos. So, so James, just to give people a little flavour of Dangerous Demos, we can't of course preempt what might happen at Astricon this year in Orlando, so I'm sure all the relevant people are busy beavering away and coming up with demos that are more dangerous than ever before, but can you hark back to the most recent round of Dangerous Demos at Camellia World in, in Berlin and just run us by a couple of the highlights? Okay, Camellia World, we had some very dangerous demos. Um, uh, probably the best one overall was from Matthew from Matrix.org, who actually missed his slot in the in the lineup, and we were just about to go into the the final voting when he came rushing in at the end saying, "I think it'll work. I think it'll work." And he had Odfar, his his sidekick, took his blanket off a off a drone. <laughs> we were, everybody went, "Oh no, it's another drone thing." He then proceeded to use Matrix. Uh, Matrix.org, um, running off, a, off an iPhone to fly this thing around the room, nearly decapitating poor old Dennis sitting in the front row, I have to say. Uh, he did a backflip and uh, oh, just completely wowed everybody. And that was controlling it with the, uh, the uh, video from the drone being fed back um, using WebRTC back onto the handset, which was then being displayed on the big screen. So that was a bit of a wow. That, that, uh, it, was, it was very, very much. The thing is, that at one of those geeky type of conferences, whipping out a drone is a little bit like whipping out a puppy at a children's party, isn't it? It is. Everybody starts swooning. It's um, almost a guaranteed win. Um, it's almost as good as uh, producing a missile launcher from somewhere, isn't it, Ben? <laughs> ben doesn't know why he wasn't expecting for that. So uh, for those of you who missed it, Ben's entry last year at Astricon uh, involved uh, a missile launcher which was being controlled, was it from a phone or from a web? It was, it was via asterisk but WebRTC, so it was in the browser, WebRTC to asterisk. Oh yeah, WebRTC and, a and asterisk, now there's a dangerous demo if there ever was anything. Um, and, uh, and then it proceeded to then fire or attempt to fire missiles at me. Um, yeah, but, think of worse things to do, James. Well, and the funny thing is that they, they almost hit Tim instead, which is even funnier. I think. <laughs> okay. And the other really notable demo from last year's Atricon was Tim's one, 
where he took his prize from the hackathon early earlier in the uh, uh, in the astrocon proceedings and then over lunch proceeded to interface that back across the hotel wi-fi back to asterisk running on a raspberry pi i think back in manchester uk in order to generate um screaming monkey sounds as a panic alert thing to frighten off muggers or something like that it was crazy but, uh, you, you missed you miss the critically stupid component, which is to use Skype for Asterisk, which no longer works now. Oh, of course, yeah. That was the last outing of Skype for Asterisk. A totally unsupported API for uh, exit danger. Uh, I, I must ask, Tim, I've not noticed any speaking submissions from you. Are we likely to, likely to see you at this year's Astrocon, Tim? Uh, uh, my life has become slightly complicated, so I don't know, but I will... Think about that imminently and, and get in touch with you. Um, I, I would like to go, but there are other things afoot. So I know yeah, it may not be possible. Astricon without Tim Panton is like... Um, it's like uh, strawberries uh, without cream. Absolutely. without sunshine. <laughs> it, it, it's like a trip to a police station without a proper conviction, isn't it? In, indeed, indeed, just like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I am... Uh, I'm I'm very tempted, and I will um, I will I will talk to you, David, when we're um, when I have a, have a slightly better idea as to what's happening. But uh, okay, all right. yeah. well, we definitely appreciate that, and we'd love to see you there. Sorry, Alison, were you about to say something? You're going to say please, Tim, please. You've got to I, go now. Well, now you know I have no option. No, I um, life is <laughs> life is complicated. So, but we'll get there. And British you, Airways you, is in, on sale this week, so book now, Tim. You heard it here first on the VUC, Alison pleading with Tim to show up at Astrocon. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Okay, well, we've got some other speakers to talk to as well, but just before we um, uh, leave the dangerous demos uh, in that area, that's something very exciting for anybody to get involved in. And as James mentioned, Matthew from Matrix.org did a dangerous demo at Camellio World. The very same English Matthew Hodgson from uh, matrix.org has already submitted a speech for Astrocon and will be there. So uh, Matthew and probably his trusty sidekick Odvar, which to me always sounds like a variable declaration in some programming language or other, Odvar will be uh, around as well. Looking forward to that. Um, so uh, let, let's move on. I'd like now to, I've got a choice of two Matthews here and looking along the line up across the bottom I'd like to go for the left hand Matthew first. Matthew Jenkinson from Twilio. Uh, you'll be coming along to Astrocon this year and speaking about security, I believe. Hello. Can I be heard? You can. Cool. Fabulous. Hi, everybody. Yes. Um, I'll be talking about how you can use uh, Twilio products to secure your Astro server against it uh, being hijacked and having people mass-style premium lines in trunks and things like that. And then I'll be looking at uh, outside platforms such as using IP tables and a tool known as port knocking to lock down asterisk servers. So some very practical tips by the sound of it. Yeah, uh, hard earned actually. I actually, I was building an asterisk box on a Raspberry Pi and it got hacked one afternoon and if it wasn't for some good security protocols I had on my Twilio account I'd have spent a lot of company money. I think these, these sort of presentations are always better when they're graced with some of the fruits of bitter experience. Yeah, I definitely agree. And all you need to do then, Matthew, is build in a bit of WebRTC and a missile launcher, and you've got it made, and a drone. 
if you if you wander the corridors of Astrocon, you'll you will and bump into anyone who's wearing last year or the year before's T-shirt, you will find that they have experienced a, a significant revenue loss because they've been hacked. And, and a lot of us won't necessarily admit it in public, but if you buy us a beer or, or, or a coffee, then we'll probably admit to it at that point. Um, and certainly, uh, Nia had a session a couple of years ago, which was basically a, a kind of outing session where everyone would say yes, would get up and, and admit to having lost a lot of money because... Uh, somebody had hacked them. So uh, yeah, no, uh, a perennial subject and, and critical that people pay attention to it. Well, yeah. I deal a lot with the, the fraud and security issues that we get with Twilio and the SIP trunking that's offered now. So it's kind of one of these, oh, it's not just me. There's sort of tens and tens of people. So maybe we should do something about this. I, I, I'm also reminded of another Astricon favorite, our good friend JR from Texas who did a security chat, and uh, as part of his talk, he had popped a honeypot PBX onto the internet uh, to see just how long it might take uh, before anybody made a hacking attempt on it, and he reported it was 17 minutes between oh, connecting the now. internet. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Matthew? I, I apologize for interrupting, because but this is always... The, Joshua Culp, who's one of the Asterisk developers, um, he maintains a uh, running Asterisk instance, and I in, in about the space of nine months, it had, I think, it was either 8 million or 80 million hacking attempts against it. Um, and it's usually, I've seen now, between one minute to five minutes before you spin up an Asterisk instance and somebody starts scanning you. Um, it, it's very, very fast. Uh, so yeah, if you're not careful and if you're not if, you, if you're not paying attention, uh, you're you're walking into a minefield very quickly. That sounds like a this there's a dangerous demo in that somewhere. If you can get it down to under three minutes, there's you know, something to be done. What, what would be great is to have a security talk in Astricon where one of the bad guys is actually brought up on a video screen mid point trying to hack something. And can be shamed and, and maybe physically beaten. <laughs> I'd need a willing volunteer to take the beating then. <laughs> I think a couple of years ago we did have some live hacks where people tried to jump onto other people's polycom phones on the internet and things like that, which, which we would not condone at all, of course. David. Um, but just one other thing to say before we move off that security subject is, of course, this is not an asterisk-specific thing. Anytime you put anything sippish near the internet, if you've got any open ports, there's trouble. Sorry, Randy, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say I will uh, volunteer to be the bad guy on the, on video, if you want. See, i got my costume, well, um, what, my glasses. What I was hoping is to actually get a real bad guy. You know, in, in the age of video, uh, if we could actually find a bad guy that was trying to make a fraudulent call and then somehow get him up on the screen and uh, humiliate him. That sounds very exciting. That would be good. Somebody's uh, introducing some echo. I'm not sure who that is coming from, but be careful, please. I'll, I'll turn mine down just in case. Okay. So um, now to the left of Matt, uh, Matt Jenkinson, we've got Keith there. Keith, I believe you're going to be talking APIs this year. Uh, more specifically, I will be talking about Batman, because I think Batman is the only thing that might trump the <laughs> So uh, the, the actual title of my talk is Building Your API Utility Belt. And the idea is that um, whenever Batman runs into this big, ugly problem, whatever, he pulls out his utility belt, and he's got, like, the perfect tool to solve the problem. And as API developers, we don't have an equivalent. 
Um, and so I'm hoping to try to equip people to build their equivalent utility belt. Excellent. I, I, my interest was piqued when I read that submission because I also remembered your talk last year at Astrocon, which was 12 reasons why your API sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to go for a little bit of provo provocative. Um, one thing I learned in my extensive research on the topic of Batman is that Adam West became Batman when he was 38. So some of us still have time here. I would say, looking across the list, a good half the people on the Hangout still have to, and I'm afraid I'm not one of them. So, Keith, before we uh, hear more about uh, what might be in that talk, can you just tell us about what happened in last year's one, the 12 reasons why your API sucked? What sort of people came along to hear that, and what kind of reactions did you get? Uh, the, the reactions are almost entirely uh, unanimously entertaining. Um, so a lot of times I, I end up with, well, so that, that talk came about a little bit almost as a drunken rant. Um, I work with a lot of APIs. I do a lot of API design. Uh, half for years. I spent two and a half years with Twilio, um, where, where Matthew works now, um, and working with a lot of people's APIs. And I realized that a lot of them are awful. Um, they're not well thought through. They're not well considered. They're not well architected, whatever the case may be. Um, <clears throat> and so I was helping people solve those problems. And so at the, at the talk, it was, it's funny. I, I list things like poor documentation and bad error messages and stuff like that. And almost without exception, there's one or two people that come up to me after that talk and say, well, you know number number five or number seven? I do that one. And I, I say, well, well there's a confessional yeah. element to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it's, it, it feels almost like a uh, like confessional. And people come forward and they say, here's, here's the ones that I do. Um, I've had some people say that I do numbers one through five, which um, I immediately try to get them help at that stage. Um, there's really no question about it. You need to you need to have an intervention and try and help them fix their API as quickly as possible. Right. Okay. And when you're going through those examples, without obviously naming names of companies or projects, can can you give us a couple of examples of of uh, APIs outside of the documentation and stuff like that? But things where uh, that you held up as an example examples of suckiness. Uh, sure. There, one of my favorite examples is this. Um, it's a large website. It it's, uh, rhymes with Facebook. Um, <laughs> I won't name it. Um, that when you when you attempt when you attempt to authenticate, generally when you attempt to authenticate with a website, you either get a 200 OK, as in what you're doing was successful, or a 401 not authenticated. Pretty simple. Well, there are scenarios with uh, Facebook that you can go ahead and you can try authenticate. It successfully authenticates, but it gives you a 401 non-authenticated. So if you're trying to develop against that sort of thing, you get both that it was successful and that it was unsuccessful at the same time. And just to top it all off, you also get an exception. Um, so you're not exactly sure what happened. You're pretty sure something bad happened, but when you actually dig down into the guts of it, you realize that this exception wasn't an exception. It should have been a warning. It was something trivial happened that, hey, you should be aware of, but not something that actually prevented you from authenticating. Right, and, and then, then you have to engineer your, your solution to take account of all that ambiguity. Yeah, you need to be able to say, look, when I try to authenticate this service, if I get a 401 and it's this scenario, then it's okay. But if I get a 401 any other time, then it's bad. And it's just, that makes trying to develop against APIs a miserable experience. Right, right. Well, uh, the, the API utility belt uh, sounds good for this year as well. So last year, Keith, uh, was that your first Astrocon? Uh, yes, it was. And did you go along to see any other talks? Oh, yeah. I saw a ton of talks. Uh, I went to um, 
the Respoke team had a couple talks on WebRTC, and I like those. I caught uh, Ben's talk last year. Um, uh, just really interested on, on what people are doing with Asterisk, what they're doing. Um, my company, Clarify, we work with audio and video making it searchable, so I'm interested in seeing like what people are doing in that space, and there's a lot of options on the board right now. Okay, and, and alongside Ben's talk, were there any other highlights that you can remember? Uh, I did appreciate his demo, for example. Missile. That was pretty entertaining. Um, and uh, I, I think there were some gin and tonic, tonics. That was definitely a highlight. But uh, the hackathon was a blast. Um, being able to see people actually building on the, um, the, the REST API for Asterisk itself was awesome. Being able to be, see people build on Clarify and Respoke, that was great. Um, I like seeing people actually solve problems. And sometimes they're silly problems, and sometimes they're legitimate problems that are bugging them in their day-to-day -day business. And I like seeing that happen. Well, great. Okay, well, we're looking forward to having you back this year. Um, I'd like to whip over to our other Matt, our very own Matt Jordan, um, uh, to do a couple of things, please, Matt. Not only talk about what you and your team might have to say at Astricon, but also talk about uh, some of the talks that you've seen in the past uh, and enjoyed. Sure. So I'll give a plug back for Keith, actually. I, I actually was really disappointed. I think I was booked. I was either booked across from Keith or I had something else keeping me from it. Um, so I actually missed Keith's talk, although I watched it afterwards. But a number of developers who worked for me came up afterwards, and they're like, man, you wish you should have seen that talk. It was awesome. And they were really excited because they're we only did one or two of them, but like we didn't hit, we didn't hit all twelve at least. So we've got some validation now. Our API does not suck that much. So you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it you know when your developers are coming up to you telling you that you know they thought the talk was amazing and and that uh, and they're they're thrilled that their API is not that bad. Uh, that's a good sign that that was a good talk. So I'm looking forward to seeing the utility belt talk this year. Um, other talks, I, mean, I know everybody mentioned Nier's talk. Nier's talk was excellent about, you know, he, Nier usually focuses a lot on security and uh, and things that are actually happening to people deploying asterisk instances in the wild. Those talks, I think, are always fantastic. One of the talks that I'm really interested in this year, and there's a number of them that I've seen submitted, but I saw one of them was by uh, Russell, which will be fantastic. Uh, he did the keynote last year. And he's focusing very much on uh, software-defined networking in Asterisk. So looking at doing things with Asterisk and deploying it in large-scale environments. Um, and I'm, I'm speculating slightly, but knowing Russell, I, I suspect this is what we're in for. Um, deploying Asterisk in large-scale environments in a much more modern and efficient way, where you can spin things up and spin them down and move things around and generally manage your resources based on the load of the network. Um, so that'll be pretty... I, I suspect that's going to be a pretty awesome talk, so I'm looking forward to, to hearing that one. Um, dangerous demos are always fantastic. I perennially lose, so I'm thrilled that Ben Klang will not be participating this year. Cause I'll, I'll, Matt, Matt, let's just, Matt, let's just point out the reason you lose is because your demos tend to work, isn't it? It is, yeah. Unfortunately, I demo things that work. I need to pick something that's, you know... Uh, well, I mean, it's frustrating, like, you know, because I, I walk in and I'm like, oh, man, I got to show, you know, I don't want to walk in and do something with asterisk and have it fall flat. So, like, either I'll make it work right before then or, or I'll, you know, double check things and then it's, you know, not that dangerous, right? So maybe I need to, like, branch out and not do something with it. Maybe, maybe I use something with asterisk, but, you know, do something with WebRTC or Kama Alio or some other pieces that I'm less familiar with so that I stand a chance at failure. 
Um, or at least go for the bodily harm element. Well, you know, there's that, right? So maybe what I need to do is get a quadcopter and start attacking people, and then just, just 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 do that, right? I think you bodily. Know, rockets, I, no I, one's done fire yet. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I still I still think that um, the, the 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 swearing demo um, was the swearing one was the best ever. That Wasn't was that Evan. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was, that was, that was great. That, that was that was the funniest uh, dangerous <laughs> demo I've ever seen. Um, it was glorious. <laughs> so, so uh, for for those of you who who need the context on this, the the demo was supposed to show um, the a, a warning light coming on when people used inappropriate language in in a, in a voice call. Um, unfortunately, there were some um, uh, flaws in the implementation, which resulted in in the presenter um, having to swear loudly continuously and trying to get this light to come on. And and it failed to, so it was basically three minutes of swearing. <laughs> so, wonderful. And, and uh, can you remind us who the presenter was there, Tim? Uh, that, that was Ewan, wasn't it? It was uh, Evan McGee. Evan, Evan. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, it was great. So I'm looking forward to Dangerous Demos this year, and I'll, I'll actually have to prepare for it and try to come up with something that you know, I like the idea of fire. Maybe like an asterisk controlled uh, firework mechanism or something. I, I don't know. Flamethrower. Flame, ooh, there you go. You know, the louder you scream, the more the fire comes out. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something I, I, like that. I think some kind of minor bloodletting, or maybe the loss of not a limb, but maybe a digit, could uh, enhance things. And would you be willing to volunteer for said digit? <laughs> no. I, I'd like to stay back at that stage. Well, that's the problem. Nobody's going to want to sit in the front row, are they? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to hand out protective gear or something. So, yeah, yes, you know, yeah. Astrocon's always a great time. I think Orlando's a great venue. Um, last year being in Vegas was a lot of fun, um, but I know for everybody in Europe, that's a long flight flying across the pond and then having to fly across the continent. So... Really hoping to see a lot of people, uh, some people that I saw back in Atlanta certainly uh, come this year. And Orlando will be a lot of fun. And looks like it's going to be a good time. So um, as far as... And actually, Matt, uh, Orlando is just about the cheapest place in the USA for us Europeans to fly to. Yes. And of Thank course, you that, Thank you, Disney. that particular venue, we can always take the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. Just just pop right in, you know, like run, run through a brick column and, you know, you're there. Uh, no? Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so David, you asked a little bit about what uh, what you can expect from the Asterisk team, too, at yes. Astrocon. Um, so if everybody hasn't gotten the memo yet, and that would not surprise me because the memos typically go out on the Asterisk dev mailing list, and I don't think everybody reads that as religiously as I do, uh, you should know that Asterisk 14 is not going to be announced at Astrocon this year. We've decided to delay it slightly for a couple different reasons, but I think very smart ones, very justifiable ones. Uh, one of the, the number one thing that came out of AstroDevCon last year was we should focus on our tools, uh, more so than anything. Like, forget the features, although that's great. There's a bunch of cool stuff that's been going on there, and I can talk about some of that stuff. But we should really focus on tools. We should focus on documentation. We should focus on making Asterisk more approachable. And so we've been doing a lot of things like that. The Asterisk project moved to Git, which was a big jump for us. Uh, we've been successfully on Git now for about two months. 
And that sounds kind of like a big whoop, except that we didn't just move to Git, we've moved the entire project infrastructure and all of our continuous integration infrastructure from uh, Atlassian Bamboo to the same sort of infrastructure that the OpenStack project uses. So we're using Zool and Jenkins and all sorts of crazy things. We're still ironing out a little bit of bugs in some of the continuous integration stuff, but the whole long shot of this is that it's much more approachable to commit to participate to contribute patches up to asterisk and on the from the core team we get automatic validation that these patches actually compile that they pass the unit tests that they pass the integration tests so there's a much shorter feedback loop for getting things into asterisk and hopefully once we get all the documentation kinks worked out um, which we certainly will have over the next month or two um, it'll be much easier for people to contribute back to the project. And so that's been a big focus for a lot of people is trying to reduce the barrier for entry for developers coming to Asterisk. But that also means that we didn't have as much time to focus on just pumping features into Asterisk. And so it doesn't really make sense to try to rush Asterisk 14 out the door before it's really ready. So that's the big thing. Um, but there are some really cool things we've been doing in Asterisk recently. Uh, one of the new things um, that, and this sounds sort of, there's a lot of, a lot of these things are sort of minor, which is another thing that we're going to talk about, I think, at Astro DevCon about what are some of the big things we should be focusing on. But I know uh, two of the big features that Josh and Mark just kind of polished up and, and have gotten in, um, we did a major overhaul of the DNS support, in at, that's, and that all went into Astro's 14. Um, the PJ SIP stack had already supported SRV, it didn't really support Napter at all. There were some other issues. Um, and Ule, although Ule and I went a couple rounds on it, Ule did have a very good point that it would be nice if this functionality was exposed in the core of Asterisk. So we went ahead and did a whole bunch of big DNS work in, in the core of Asterisk in Asterisk 14. Um, and so now everything does Napter properly and SRV failover and fallbacks and different transports and all sorts of the fun things that everybody wished we had for the past four or five years. But hey, it's there, and that's really cool. Um, the, we've also done, uh, we did a whole bunch of performance analysis stuff, uh, looking at how Asterisk behaves in larger types of deployments. Um, what that led to was we wanted to do some better caching in the PJ SIP stack. And so we actually have just rolled that into Asterisk 13 and it'll be coming out in the next release of Asterisk 13 as well as going to Asterisk 14. Um, and that actually dramatically makes Asterisk work a lot better when you've got multiple Asterisk instances and real-time databases and some other really cool things. The nice thing about the caching that we put in is it's it's much better than what existed previously in things like ChanSIP where you had these weird RT cache friends and prune the cache and all sorts of things. Now it just works. It acts as a cache and it has time-based policies and things and does everything appropriately. So, so there's lots of good work that's going on, um, but I think we're going to have an interesting discussion during Asterisk DevCon about what should be the major focus for Asterisk 14 uh, now that we've got the project infrastructure improved and now that I think more people have had time to absorb the architecture that's in Asterisk 13. Um, and so I think it'll be a really good discussion and I think it'll be a really good presentation at the wrap-up of Astrocon talking about that. So, so remind us, when is Astro DevCon? Astro DevCon. Let me pull up, you know, I should know this off the top of my head. I feel very, very, now I feel on the spot. Uh, all right, David, it is, it is, it is October 13th. Okay. So it is, is the Tuesday. It is the Tuesday. It's the, I always want to say it's the Monday and I'm like, boy, if I say it's Monday, I'm going to mess it up again and say it, tell it, and people are going to start flying in early when they shouldn't. Uh, it is Tuesday and it's DevCon is all day. It says invite only on the website. That's kind of true. It is just let us know if you're interested. 
and we will probably say, yeah, just come. Um, the, the thing that we always worry with DevCon is that if, if you tell everybody, hey, there's a DevCon, a bunch of people who have never looked at the Asper's code or, or, or really aren't, you know, they'll, they'll show them up and they'll be very bored because it's a, it's a very technical discussion. Uh, it's a very technical open roundtable between Asterisk developers, Asterisk power users, the people at Digium, the people outside of Digium. It's a great conversation. But if you're not really into the guts of Asterisk or really, really caring about the fine points of the behavior in Asterisk, it's probably just going to bore the pants off of you. So we try to make sure that the people who are coming, that they understand what they're getting themselves into. Indeed, indeed. Uh, just looking at IRC, I wondered whether either Michael or uh, Randy had seen anything on IRC, any questions at all, or whether they had any questions for the rather exciting group of people who are on this Hangout. Oh, I could mention an anecdote in which uh, Astrocon Paris, which, were you there, David? I certainly was, Randy. So, Astrocon Paris, I met Life and I were in the same room and never met, even though we had spoken on IRC a million times. But anyway, uh, the, uh, speaking of inappropriate people coming to DevCon, um, there was a, so this was in this big facility in Paris, and there was a very nice looking young woman who was talking at the desk, really wanted to come into Astrocon. And somebody said, well, what is your interest and all that? Well, it turns out that she was a, uh, what's the polite word for this, lady of the night, and Mark's mother was standing right there. In fact, I was talking to her uh, at the desk while this woman was arguing. And she was told, well, you know, this is a technical conference, blah, blah, blah. She was looking for clients who wanted to come. And when I say wanted to come, don't even start thinking. Can we move on quickly now, Randy, please? Anyway, so that was just a little lightening up of the group. That's hilarious. Randy, on that note, sorry guys, I have to jump off and head into the booth because that's how mommy pays for the shoes. Uh, just wanted to mention before I leave, I did a complete re-record of all the asterisk stock prompts. I actually posted that on Twitter a while back. So yeah, it's the it's actually the third re-record in the 11 or so years I've been recording. So hopefully that will be timed with uh, asterisk 14. And, oh, that will uh, definitely be in there. Absolutely. Yeah, pester Rusty Newton because he's, uh, I think he's just waiting for the other languages and the other accented voices uh, to return their files. I was first. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm a keener. I have no life. No. So, uh, yes. So look forward to that and it should be good. And uh, I'm sure I will talk to everybody before Astrocon. Thank you for having me on. Mwah. Love all of you and we'll talk soon. Great to, Great to see you, Allison. And here's a message for you that came from I don't know where. We just left. Oh, excellent. Okay. Look to the sky. Keep watching the sky. I, I don't know what that is. I have no idea who that is. Listen, Great. Bye, guys. Bye, Allison. I just noticed on IRC that Fred's saying that the Astricon hotel rate is incredibly low at just $169 a night, and it would usually be well over $300. And also, uh, so thanks for that, Fred. On IRC, uh, Dan is reminding us that Eric and Nia, I believe, are organizing a day trip to the Kennedy Space Center on the Monday. So that's the day ahead of Astricon. They've been putting that out over the lists as a little bit of a geek day out. And I, I, I notice Michael is the main man now, so I'll see if you want to ask any questions of these fine folk or make any comments. Oh, well, I'm... I really don't have too much to add in this particular 
instance, excepting that uh, it's been a long time since I've been to an AstroCon, so we'll have to see if we can uh, come to some arrangement there to uh, to get out and, and uh, at least meet up with the crowd. Um, yeah, it'd be good to have yeah. you along. See what we can do about that. Right, okay. Well, uh, yeah, that, that would be good. Now, um, Tim, very, very well known as a contributor to AstroCon, but what have you seen and what have you taken from AstroCon over the years? Um, I know I returned all the things that no, no, uh, no I, I don't. Um, I, I think the thing that you sh that I really like about Astrocon is is meeting up with with people and finding out, um, you know, how they how they think, how they feel about the project, what they've been doing with it. I mean, the talks are great, and I you know I will always go to several of the talks and and. And find out what people are doing, and, and and you know that's that's fantastic. But the added value is to actually physically meet these people and sit down in the corridor or in the bar afterwards or whatever, and 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 find out um, who's doing what and, and what these people are like, and and you know just ask um, ask daft questions and and get really good answers. Typically, I mean, I remember the first first Astrocon I went to, and I sat down on the sofa with with. Mark Spencer and Matt Fredrickson and asked them a stupid question about eeks and they answered it and you know that I'm still still going to Astrocon whatever it is 10 years later as a result so um, you know that, 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 that the ability to talk to people like Matthew and, and you know and Ben who've got so much experience in this field and they just like find out what you know What's new? What they're doing, and all that kind of stuff is just great. So yeah, no pe people, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. As well. I, I, I'd like to echo that. Um, I first met Tim for the first time at an Astricon, and look at it—he's now my my evil twin, and lots of other people like um, um, like Ed Guy, for example. Um, some really really good people. That's why I go to Astricon. It's not just the tech; it's it's the people. I, th I think we could also mention the people that we didn't meet at Astrocon. For example, you said you were in Madrid. I was in Madrid, but we did not. I was in Madrid, yes. Did not meet. So I, I think I can explain that, Randy. I think you and James were probably both chasing the Spanish ladies and uh, not focusing on each other. That was a great hotel, by the way. Thank you for whoever was responsible for that. I was just spending too much time going up and down in that elevator. It's the most awesome elevator ride, wasn't it? Uh, the Breck. No, the amazing thing about Madrid. All kidding aside. Was that you had 200 people in this huge lobby? They had uh, this was oh, yeah champagne for breakfast. Oh, but they had this huge. This was many years ago, and they had the, some humongous internet connection, and there were like 200 guys, and I mean guys, not there wasn't a single female in the room, but there were like 200 guys with headsets in the lobby, you know, dialed in on. I'm, I brought my X phone, my hardware phone, did <laughs> X. And was in my room calling my office and stuff. But I mean, everybody was online, everybody, and they, they had just gigabytes of internet because they were right near the airport, I guess. Remember that? That was called the the amphitheater or something like no, that. I can't remember it because I wasn't. It was one that Ule uh, organized. That's why the network was so good. Uh, well, they were. This was a. It was right next to the airport, so in one way, very convenient. But they had somehow had some kind of fiber connection or something. So. Uh, by the way, while you're talking, David, I'll throw it back to you, but uh, Dan Jenkins said in IRT that uh, he would be able to try to join in a couple of minutes, maybe talk about what he's going to be talking about. The, the, yeah. the, con the contrast there was uh, with on that connectivity front was with uh, one in Carefree, where um, 
we're basically the the one cellular network um, was was expecting you know it was probably provisioned for a couple of hundred people um, to, and and what happened was a you know 600 people with three devices each turned up and and it really really couldn't cope it was it's the funniest thing I've seen watching this this poor little network sh growing and shrinking its uh, its cell size on a, on a kind of repetitive beat. Was it three people with 600 devices each? <laughs> I remember well, coming. If, if it was around. James, you'd have been one of them. Three <laughs> bodies with 800 devices. I don't know if you guys have seen this. But a lot of versions of the Steve Jobs, uh, all these clips of him, and one of them that that you see all the time right now on YouTube is the time when he told everybody to please turn your Wi-Fi off or something. Because we were trying to demonstrate. I think it was one of the first iPhone demos. And uh, there were all these reporters, and they had like two, three hundred people in the room, and and the the they couldn't get their demo to connect. Hey, just while you've been talking, we've had big Dan Jenkins join the party there, Andy. And he's found his hat. He has a very interesting Moroccan type of hat as well. So Dan, I, I don't know whether you've been uh, listening while you. Oh, you have. In in that case, you know the score. If you could tell us a little bit about your talk, but also. What you've taken from Mastercon over the time you've been coming as well? Uh, yeah, so this year I'm talking about building 21st century call center applications. Um, I'm fed up and bored of seeing stuff that was built 20 years ago and hasn't moved on at all. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna include some ARI. It's gonna use some WebRTC. Um, it's gonna use some JSSIP. So kind of using WebRTC as well, but different. A little uh, bit of Node. A little bit, little bit of Node. So yeah, all the all the hip technologies right now. Um, and well, I, I know a lot of people beat a path to your talks for the Node content. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I I've been astounded in the last three years, four years, um, just how many people enjoy my talks because I talk about Node. Um, whether or not there's anything else in them, it, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I get great joy out of um, people you people watching my talks um, and and commenting on them after the fact. Um, so yeah, th this year this year is very. Last year I was there as part of the Respoke team. This year I'm not, um, but I'll still be talking about a load of WebRTC stuff um, and showing people to a degree how easy it is now. Um, building things, it, like building things nowadays, is just a load of glue between loads of different things. Um, like all the all the complexity isn't actually that complex anymore. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm talking about this year. I've got a load of stuff. I've got a load of Node and and client side JavaScript to write between now and beginning of October. Um, but really, it's the beginning of September because September is conference season, web conference season. Um, so yeah, I've got like just under two months to write something, as well as do, as well as earn, earn the big bucks. I, I, I think of a dangerous demo. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. A dangerous demo, Dan. Come on. Last, last year, James kind of bullied me on the day to to put in a dangerous demo, and this year I think I'll write it into my into the thing that I'm building. We'll we'll think of something. And it um, will be good. Just, just so that I don't get bullied on the day. Um. <laughs> I, I would like to tell everybody that Astrocon is actually a bullying-free zone. There's it, no, no physical violence. 
it's it's not physical from James. It's entirely mental. What what happens is James comes up and threatens to empty the contents of his bag near your table, which is three hundred cell phones and five hundred sims, and make you clear them up. Or it's that it's that level of bullying that you're talking about, isn't it? Or threatening people with strings of sim cards. You know, sim cards garrot. Yes, yes. So, so um, Dan, uh, aside from speaking at Astrocon, of course, you've attended talks there. What are some of the things you've taken from Astrocon over the years? Um, I, I mean, I, I can probably just reiterate what Tim said. Um, some of the talks are great. Um, a lot of the talks are great. Um, and the fact that you can talk to um, Asterix developers there and tell them what annoys you, which the list has got even shorter over the past three years, um, which is great. But um, the, the, it's it's the fact that you get together with with all of your peers and you get a chance to really talk to them um, and and kind of catch up and and talk about developments over the past however many months etc. So yeah, there there are great talks. Um, <coughs> I love I love seeing talks from from new people as um, doing like wacky things with with asterisk in terms of like. What they're doing with it in like a small office or at home, um, those are always cool. But um, seeing seeing someone talk about how they're using Asterisk in a real life business scenario, and it's making them X amount of money, um, is is always fun. Um, it kind of kind of I guess reiterates why everyone uses Asterisk. That, that is the eclectic mix that people can see. They can see the, the very practical, very straightforward stuff, but they can see the, the weird and wacky stuff. And of course, alongside senior figures, is that me echoing somewhere? Sorry, guys, I've got to drop off here, so I'll speak to you later. Ah. Okay, Matt. All right, well, thanks for coming along. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. What, what I was going to say there was alongside um, meeting senior figures uh, within the Asterisk community, of course, you can meet people from the Camellio community, people from Red Hat. Uh, we can even meet people from the Adhesion project occasionally if you come to Astrocon. So, you know, lot, lots of uh, interesting people to hook up with. Ben, have, have you got any highlights from previous Astrocons that you've witnessed rather than created? Previous highlights? Um, wow, it's so many. I think, you know, one of my first introductions to um, where WebRTC was going to take the industry was watching Phil Edholm's keynote two years ago. You know, up to that point, we've been playing with it as a technology, but he really he hit on some of the trends that I think have have actually come to pass since then. I mean, the keynotes in general, Astrocon are great. You know, um, what else? Now, now there's an interesting way to while away several hours is ask Phil a question. Yes, indeed, you'll get all the answers that you'll need. Ben, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, you know we were talking about the social element here, and you and I actually went over to Dave Michaels' house and tried to play music. Uh, That's I right. say try, I say tried only because there was a dearth of a dearth, no, a lack of uh, enough instruments. But uh, you know, there's a whole thing here where you meet people and you are able to discuss. Somebody in in Atlanta showed me the best barbecue food, the restaurant that I've ever eaten in my life. And I mean, my life is not that short, so this was amazing. Uh, you sorry, sorry, but the interesting thing, it, it all circles back to the people because the presentations, good as they will be, and I'm sure they will be outstanding, those are ideas that have already started to deliver fruit because somebody's making a presentation. But it's the things that you 
hear speaking of quietly in the hallways that really get your imagination going and, and uh, get you to the point where you may well be able to be the next presenter at the next AstroColor. So. Yeah, lot, indeed. A lot indeed. of interesting things. A lot of interesting things go on there. And one of the reasons I don't like to go to Las Vegas is because everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that would be of no interest to me. <laughs> well said. Bad joke. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, I, I think we've um, probably come to an end uh, of this one. Um, we, we've just had a, a very brief, uh, sorry, very small selection of the speakers that we'll be having. There'll probably be in excess of 40 sessions at Astrocon. There usually is with uh, all, all kinds of different speakers at all kinds of different levels, and so uh, we welcome the opportunity to come back and speak some more at some stage. But uh, Michael and Randy, thank you very much for having us along. We're always happy to have you guys, and uh, remember that everybody remember that besides the presentations and all this, and you can't say right now, David, I know, but there were things like fastest to dial tone, and there's contests, and there's fun. It will not be the big jam session that I had planned, but let's not labor that point. There always are a lot of fun things to do, and um, you won't be disappointed at the end when all of it's over, all the presentations are over, and you're partying with some of the finest people I've ever met. Great. Well, well thank you. Is this where the point at which you move over to the adult section, Randy? It is, and uh, we, what we do is we play a little bit of music to do that, so... Here we go. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and we will certainly probably have another update before the actual thing. And at that point, we will commit David to start talking about whatever craziness they're going to do at the end or some of the crazy, uh, amusing things like the first to dial tone, whatever that, the equivalent of that is. The, the fastest due to the dial tone. Yes, we'll be able to talk about that next time around. It was a good one. I think it's probably top secret now, or they haven't figured it out yet. But anyway. Thanks, everybody. Stick around for the, uh, the Mature Audiences segment. And, of course, next week, 550, 550 VUCs. You know, somebody once told me this wasn't a good idea. Well, we must have repeated the bad idea 550 times. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our host at PBX is provided by OnSIF.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxphone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week.